This is Let's Talk Business with your hosts, Mark Ebinger and Heather Bain. Now, here's Mark. Welcome to Let's Talk Business, a show that talks entrepreneurship with some of the best businesses in the San Antonio area. Coming up on the show today, we're going to talk with Baron Perales, the owner of TradeLink, a company that connects buyers and sellers to trade excess inventory and overstock items. I think it's a great concept. So, Baron, welcome to the show. Oh, thank, you for, thank you for having me. Yep. We're also going to talk with Adam Kavulik, a realtor at NAC. I'm saying that right? You got Realty it. Group at Keller Williams Heritage. Adam helps uh, clients buy, sell, and invest in properties for as little as 50 grand to over a million dollars. Adam, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, all. Bet. In the studio with us today is Heather Bame, a certified business coach that works with business owners to gain clarity and achieve their goals. Heather, welcome back to the show. Happy to be here. Excited about this conversation. Yeah, me too. And I'm your host, Mark Ebinger, the owner of Krukus Marketing Agency, a global company. Can I say that? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that specializes in giving small businesses a competitive edge by hiring administrative and social media experts from the Philippines for as little as seven bucks an hour. I mean, that's how I built my company. I love it. So uh, I'm a product of the product, as they say. A quick reminder for our listeners, you can catch video and podcast versions of the show anytime by visiting our website at satalkradio.com. And if you're a business owner in the San Antonio area and would like to have your company featured on the show, visit our website at satalkradio.com, or you can call our office at 210-960-8210. That's 210-960-8210. All right, so uh, first up on the show is going to be Baron Perales, the owner of TradeLink, a company that connects buyers and sellers to help them exchange or trade or barter their excess inventory, overstock items, and so forth. We're going to get into that, and I'm excited to uh, dig into it. I think it's a great concept. So, Baron, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks. I appreciate you all having me. Uh, Heather, have you ever... Do you know about uh, TradeLink and iTech services that they use? I've heard of it before. Um, We all know Tim. He told me about it uh, when I first met him. But uh, yeah, I've heard of it. You know, we've all heard of bartering things, but this is a much more official platform from which to do that, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Right. And so something that you, I don't know if you know this about Baron, but he's like a master networker. I mean, the guy is like non, seriously, he's nonstop yeah. uh, networking, which I think is a huge part of what you're doing. So how did you get involved with iTex and ultimately making the company TradeLink? And what's the connection there? Right. So I've been involved in trade since I was a boy. My mother owned a direct mail advertising company when growing up. And so she traded out. You would almost look at her direct mailers as it's going to go out regardless if there was 10 clients in there or 20. So there was always opportunity for her to trade her services of direct mail. And from there, I got the experience of barter. Fast forward all the way to 2005. Um, mid-college, and I was working with Ford Motor Company as an intern. And from there, I had a good cash flow. I mean, as an intern, I was making some money. But it wasn't the type of money to fix up your house and take trips. And so from there, I was able to leverage my Ford Motor Company connections. I was able to buy a bunch of their inventory at 10 cents on the dollar. And then I flipped that inventory that I bought into the iTex network. And so literally I had about, hang on, what kind of inventory are we talking about? This is, yeah. this is interesting. <laughs> yeah. So it was okay. So we had a project that we, they were tearing down the parts department to remodel it. Uh-huh. And instead of just storing a whole bunch of it in the, the storage room, what they ended up doing was saying, Hey, let's just get rid of it. We'll get all fresh new stuff when we, when we go uh, with our new thing. And from there, it was my project to get rid of it. I didn't know how to get rid of it. There was, I didn't, I didn't hear about, I understood iTex, but 
I was trying to get rid of it in Craigslist and eBay, and, and I even did a flea market run, and all of them failed because I wasn't in that game. I didn't know. But with the iTex network, I was very familiar with iTex because I was a member, well, my parents were a member, and so this was my first time being a member with iTex, with, was with this inventory. So I show up with this inventory, and I say, hey, look, it's worth about 10 grand. Can you get me that? And they're like, yeah, for sure. Because the iTex network, what they did for me is get rid of the excess inventory and get me full value. So from there, uh, within like two months, they got rid of it. They put it up on the network, the website, and then people from all over the country subscribe to purchase my Ford Motor Company hats and keychains and shirts, all kinds of stuff. Added up to about 10 grand. I only needed three buyers and the three buyers picked up all of it. So that was really cool. But these were relationships that iTex already had that I didn't have. And so that So I'm curious on I iTex. So it, it sounds like you have an advocate that helps you. Like if I'm a member and I want to get rid of some services, it's not like a I, I'm I assumed it was just a job post kind of a thing, right? Or a product post or a service post or something that I would do. But are you saying that there's there's some work being done on the other side to actually go and make those connections and those sales? Uh, well done. Thanks for asking. Yes, there's actually, you get uh, assigned a trade director uh, for your business account, and that trade director will actually help list your company on the directory, one, but they'll actually make some uh, formal introductions as well. So like a Walking in, I met with Ernie, and Ernie's been a long time. He's a long time member. So one of the things that as a long time member, it's already part of his habit, his routine to say, "Well, let me see what Itex has." And right before I walked in, he's like, "I called into your office to see this, this, and that." He was looking for particular services. So what's great about it is that a lot of our members they'll go to the trade director that's servicing them and saying, "Hey." Who do you have that's an accountant? Who do you have that's a business coach? And in this case, in my scenario, bringing it back to 2005, it was the trade director said, I know this guy's in the automotive business. I can sell Barron's automotive stuff. So they pick up the phone and say, hey, guess what? I got some really cool Ford, uh, Ford Motor Company merch. Are you interested? You can pay for it with iTex dollars. So that's how I got into the iTex game, being able to get rid of a bunch of inventory. Now, I feel like it can be such an ethereal thing, iTex dollars, kind of the way people see kind of Bitcoin. It's not the real money. So what exactly did you spend your $10,000 worth of iTex money on? Oh, thank you so much for asking. <laughs> that's a great one. Yeah, because uh, I have ten grand in my account. And at that time, I, as a, I was a college student. I'm interning. And... I have 10,000 iTex dollars and I have some cash flow for my, my checks from Ford Motor Company. So what did I end up doing? Uh, I ended up buying my childhood home from my mother, but I only had enough to pay for the mortgage. And uh, from there is like, all right, how do I fix up this place? And that's where the iTex dollars came into play. So mm -hmm. some of it was I went directly to the directory and said, all right, I need a pest control guy. I need a glass replacement person. I need a countertop resurfacing company. But one person they didn't have was a roofer. And so at that point, I said, I called my own roofers. I said, I got a roof job for you. And I brought in a bunch of, I got a bunch of quotes. Like everybody should get quotes. You just don't hire the first person, especially if they're cheap. You need to go make sure that he's uh, not too cheap. <laughs> so either which way, I got my quotes, and then I reverse sold each one of the roofers. I turned around and said, hey, look, if you can take iTex dollars, then you got the job. 
I'll buy the material, I'll buy the roofing material, but I need somebody to lay the material down. And sure enough, I tee him up as a, a direct referral for the ITEX broker at the time. And I said, hey, look, this guy's going to sign up. He's going to take care of my job. And he looks like he wants more work. So at that point, I spent all my 10,000 ITEX dollars that I've earned back into my house, which built equity. So I turned ITEX dollars into equity that I then cashed out that house a bunch of times <laughs> uh, on my entrepreneur journey, right? It's like sure. you put it yeah. up and then now you have something that you can uh, play with some cash. So how many times have I done it? Dozens. And I'm still doing it now. <laughs> so how do so you tell me about TradeLink. What is TradeLink? TradeLink is a the franchisee owner for ITEX in Austin and in San Antonio. And we have a team. So we just call ourselves the TradeLink team. But we were, we're IT, TradeLink's an ITEX member as well. And we play with ITEX members. We do business with ITEX members. But for the most part, we're ITEX brokers that work with ITEX members to engage in the ITEX marketplace to trade ITEX dollars. So you guys are that person that you would go to and say, hey, I've got a bunch of like things that I need to get rid of. How do I do it? How do I do it? Yeah. I, if I can give an example, we had a furniture company that wanted to go out of business. He had a second location. He wanted to go out of business because that second location wasn't making money. So he's like, how do I, how do I shut it down and move out as fast as possible. So sure enough, he signs up with ITEX. He had about 75 grand worth of inventory in-house. And within a week, we had an open house there. And the guy didn't have to pay any movers. He just accepted ITEX. And the crowd came, sucked up all his inventory. And now the Airbnb got a bunch of new mattresses and furnitures. A bunch of real estate investors got a whole bunch of uh, furniture to build out their places. So yeah, we, we'll connect you, but it's not just inventory. You know, you look at the big amusement park here. I do uh, a quarter million dollars of volume with them. But at any given time, that amusement park can't, I mean, they have capacity. Excess capacity is a tradable commodity, right, for us in our network. So they're like, hey, here's 10,000 tickets. Now give me a quarter million dollars worth of uh, advertising. So it's not just for a small business owner to say, hey, I have, I don't have the wherewithal how to get rid of my inventories or my excess hours, but it's also big companies saying, hey, this is a strategic move to bring in extra revenue into our business and then be able to leverage it to for more marketing that's going to get cash cash business in. So how do you generate revenue? How do you, how does the business generate revenue? Right. So the trade directors, they all work. We're all on a commission base. So we do charge a percentage to bring the deal to the table. So a lot of times, like when I brought, my my uh, my inventory of Ford Motor Company merch, they have that clientele already, but it's still it's still incentivize. There's there's still some incentive for that trade director to pick up the phone and speak to others because they're trying to get a commission off me. So there's a commission on the purchase side of things and the sell side of things. So both the buyer and the seller on that any given transaction paid a commission fee. What is the commission fee? It's 6% cash on the buy side and on the sell side. And is that iTex dollars you guys are getting or is it real cash? That's real cash. Okay. So if I were to trade iTex dollars, I would pay 6% on my, or is it like three and three the way it is in real estate? It's 12, uh, six and six. So it's 12% on the full dollar. Okay. So one of the big questions I have when I'm hearing 10,000 tickets, quarter million dollars in iTax dollars, taxes, how is the government getting their cut of this? The government, well, iTax corporate, 
that's the system I'm using. They're tallying up all your sales and the government and, and they report, Hey, we sold this amount of dollars to the government. IRS gets a notice from us saying that we did this amount of sales. So we send out a 1099B form at the end of the year saying this is how much volume you've done. Now, uh, most entrepreneurs, they're going to spend all that new revenue back in their business. So traditionally, an accountant's going to help you write off even barter dollars. Barter dollars can be written off as business expenses. And the fees associated with bartering through the network, that's a write-off. Okay. Yeah. I always... Always worry about that when you're under the table. It's never under. Well, the, the government table. The is always going to get there. Gonna get there. <laughs> right. All right. So, if folks, uh, Baron, if folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Uh, it's very easy. You can call 210-281-1111. That's our main line, uh, and they'll get you in connect on contact with me. Or you can just shoot me a DM. You can be, find me uh, Baron Perales on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. Just shoot me a DM, and uh, we'll connect. We'll do a one-on-one. Figure out if your business is right for ITEX. Yeah, and you're a good person to connect with because you know a lot of folks. So no, I and appreciate it, that. We should just like Adam. You know, we we should be playing that connection, that networking game on a regular basis. And I know you play it pretty hard as you well. You do a good job. You do a great job with it. Well, Wait, are you guys playing an actual game, or are you just talking about the game of networking? The game of networking. Okay. <laughs> Maybe there, is there, the a game board, of is there a board game, a networking know, board game? It's called Stratego or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you remember yeah. that name? Yeah. Stratego. I remember. Yeah. I never played the game, but I, I know the name. All right. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. Yeah, that. I appreciate that. It was great. Great questions. You. Thanks. Next up on the show is Adam Kavulik, a realtor with NAC Realty Group at Keller Williams Heritage. Adam, uh, he helps clients buy, sell, and invest in properties for as little as fifty grand to up over a million dollars. Adam, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks again for having me, y'all. So nice to meet you, Heather. Nice to meet you, too. Well, you guys yeah. haven't met. No. No, I've seen her face all the time watching probably- Black Rifle. Have you seen her Black Rifle? She I haven't, haven't seen her Black oh, Rifle I float yet. Around, I think we all float around Black Rifle. Like we're, yeah. I asked them if they had a, a coffee program for people who come there often. They said no. I was like- Huh. You need one, man. Yeah. We all we all live here, yeah. basically. For your groupies. Come on my taxes, now. I have them as in my office space now. <laughs> <laughs> all those coffees right yeah. off. Yeah. For sure. so how did you get involved with real estate? Yeah, uh, you probably heard it a thousand times. It started in South Korea. Uh, so my wife is from San Antonio, and I'm from Pittsburgh, PA. And we actually met teaching English in South Korea. And the first Skype call with my parents that she had, my, my parents have done real estate for, for years up in Pennsylvania. And just something about the way my wife presented herself, uh, my mom was like, you should be a realtor. And that just kind of like stuck with us. And that was in 2013. And that just kind of like stuck with us for many, many years. Uh, coming back to San Antonio, I moved down here 2015 with her, uh, became a teacher. And I became a teacher. My wife was like, well, let me try real estate out. So that was in 2016. She got her license, I believe. So she started it, and then I joined her a couple years in. I've been in it for four and a half, and her seven years in July. So you're a husband-wife team. Yeah. So what do you love about real estate? Um, I think the, the thing I love most is, is coming from the heart of an educator, is I get to educate people in a, on, a, on a very high-stakes, high-risk kind of a platform. Mm -hmm. uh, real estate is a lot of money. It's legal contracts, legally binding. A lot can be lost and gained on a real estate transaction. So my favorite part is just helping people understand what they're signing, what they're getting into, and just edu educating them throughout the process. Now, what I think is funny is your wife talked to your parents, mm -hmm. and your parents are realtors, and you're their son, and they said, 
you should be a real estate agent. <laughs> yes, that tells you a lot about my parents and what they think about it. Yeah. yeah, did they? Did you not grow up wanting to be a real estate agent? No, and, and they're actually they're not actually realtors. They, they just involved in real estate oh. for, for years. My dad was actually a coal miner for twenty five years and became a steel mill worker when this uh, coal mine shut down. So they just he was always an overtime worker and just always instead of burning their money on boats and a lot of fun stuff you can do in all the rivers in in uh, Pittsburgh, they invested in real estate. And they had at one point, I think, like five or six rental properties at the at the peak. And we always went to Disney World. They they, they always took care of us growing up. And um, but it was never being a realtor was never in my mind. Mm. Yeah, my wife is a very bubbly, very friendly person. So I think that's <laughs> why my parents didn't like me as much growing up. As my <laughs> wife, I guess. <laughs> Well, they yeah. know the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you're right. It's, yeah, they had to change the diapers. Yeah, raving. you know. <laughs> it is kind of nice to, you know, like my daughter, she's changed so much, you know, in the 16 years that we've been raising her. She's not the same person she was even two years ago. You just, so we're always we're always changing. So Yeah, for sure. So um, husband and wife team. Yeah. Does that work or no? Yeah, it works really well. It, it's It took some bumps in the road to figure out how we each work and what our strengths and weaknesses are. So well, this is what I do for the business. I'm the networker. I'm the marketer. If you see a post of ours on social media, that's, that's me. Mm-hmm. She is more the day-to-day contract stuff. The, the questions that are asked and answered by our clients goes through her most often. I'm the, the initial face of the business, and then she's the, she's the one that carries through the transaction. Okay, so you're like the quarterback, and she's the running back, and she runs it to the touchdown. Oh, for sure, yeah. And I, and I, I do I do her justice by always saying that she is the backbone of this business. Like, even though I'm out front a lot more than she is, she's the reason why we're we're so great. So, what's the current state of the real estate market here in the San Antonio area? So it's funny you say that because so the the peak of the average housing price was in June of last year, and then interest rates spiked, and then it fell. So last May, because we have the stats from last May, and then this May is just came out, average home price, exactly the same. We are, oh, we are at where we were at the craziest time. So we're right now, May was the third highest historic average price this May. So we're, we're right back in the neck of it again. Do you think that's going to continue? I can't predict. I can project. So if you use historic trends to kind of like look forward, I would say, given the market and the interest rates, as long as they stay this way, right? Stabilization, it, the, the, the ups and downs is what frightens people the most. And mm-hmm. But if it stays, even if it's high, 6 to 7%, that's what it is. People can't prepare for it. And I think it'll grow. I actually think we'll go past June's price last year. So San Antonio and the quarter between us and Austin yeah. and Austin are yeah. growing. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we're different than the rest of the country, by oh, yeah. and large. Oh, yeah. So even though interest rates are still a problem, they're a problem for everybody because it's the same across the nation, generally speaking. Yeah. So, but we're going to get business here because we're growing. San Antonio yeah. is a great place to come and live. So I would think that we've got a little bit better position. So it's the the craziest thing with San Antonio. It's the military presence here. We are military city, USA, and in a typical market, historically, it was like every seven years people would buy and sell a property. Now it's kind of 10 years, but because of the influx of so many servicemen and women coming in and out every three years or so, that kind of it churns the market sooner and faster. Now, we don't, when, when times are good, we don't go up as high, but on the reverse, when times are bad, we don't go down that low. So that kind of stabilized market we have here in San Antonio is very unique for the country, and we're an hour south of one of the hottest markets ever, ever in history in the United mm-hmm. States. Really? Austin, oh my goodness, yeah. Austin was a just a spiral. Why is up. that? 
Um, I'll tell you why. Let me, can we give yeah, you go. my guess? Yeah, <laughs> go ahead. It's the new Southern California. <laughs> so yeah. It's because of California. Yeah. It, it, but it's with not all of the really bad policies of Southern California, at least yet, right? Yeah. That's the fear that, yeah. that people will have that are Texan, you know? Yeah. But uh, I think that's, am I right, do you think? Yeah, and it, it's the, the, if Texas was its own country, it would be the ninth highest GPA of any country in the world just by itself. Yeah. So, yeah, Texas as a whole is just this juggernaut of an industry and ec- economy. Then you have Austin where, like I said, home prices just went sky high because everybody wanted to come to Texas. All the Californians were like, well, Austin is like Austin is, is like California. It's like California. California. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's yeah. going to be like Sacramento. I mean, hopefully it won't go as bad as L.A. area, but it's <laughs> yeah. going to be the new yeah. Sacramento. If it's the new Sacramento, yeah. that wouldn't be too terrible. L.A., uh, no, but California Sacramento, policies yeah. are so bad. I don't yeah. understand why they're making crazy policies. Yeah. But at any rate, so it's good. From- yeah, and I, I would say the, <laughs> the, the greatest thing about San Antonio, I we said this earlier, that it's a small town pretending to be big. So we're one of the biggest populous cities in the country. However, we're the most affordable of the big cities in the country, let alone the state. So you have one of the hottest markets just an hour north of us. So if things go bad, people need to, even the economy goes south, people need to sell their homes. They're going just an hour down 35, right? They can sell their $800,000 house on average is what it is in Austin and buy a $400,000 house here in San Antonio. With lower right. property taxes still too. Yeah. Um, so one of the things with the interest rates spiking, right, usually we'd see it swing from that crazy seller's market to a crazy buyer's right. market, right. right, with prices dipping. But everybody has their interest rates locked in super low yeah. from 2020, 2021. Yep. So have you seen that reflected in the amount of inventory that's been offered? And that's that's another big key feature of this. In the Great Recession that happened what, 13 years ago, 14 years ago, mm-hmm. inventory was sky high. And now there's, like you were saying, people refinance their 15, you know, they had 15 years left and they refinance to get 2%, 3%. It's going to be really hard to move out of a house like that you get that interest rate on. And now especially too, now you're competing with buyers and the home prices that you would buy if you sold are now sky high. So a lot of people are locked in place, so the inventory is very low right now. When you have real estate investors that are coming in to take advantage of things using things like wraps oh, and yeah. things like that. I don't, I don't pretend to know this area real yeah. well. I'm learning it. We're going to have another podcast right after this one. We're talking mm-hmm. real estate investing. Okay. So I'm interested in learning and continuing to develop in that area. Yeah. But it's like that's where the creativity is going to come out in yeah. the real estate market here in San Antonio yeah. is going to continue to flourish because I still think we're underpriced. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For the growth that is happening for all sure. around us. Yeah, it, it feels it feels high to the San Antonians, and for me being here just for a few years, I can I can feel that height. However, when you go just zoom out a little bit, you're just like, oh my goodness, it, it only costs that little exactly. to buy a house here. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I, You've got so much expertise in in the area, and your energy is great, by the oh, way. Yeah, thank you. Everybody that I talk to that has met you uh, loves being around you and, and loves to you know kind of be in your circles. Um, so I want to hit on one more real estate question, but I want to talk about networking after that as okay. well because yeah. I think you've got some insight that would be important, and okay. Baron does as well. It's something yeah. you both thrive at. So if uh, you know first time buyers specifically, they're looking to buy a home in today's market. Yeah. Uh, what kind of things should they know? What should be top of mind for them? The biggest thing is preparation. It is is if you can save up money. Like I said, if interest rates just remain stable, even though they are high from where they were a year ago or two years ago, you can just prepare to save money and make a logical choice. That's the hardest thing. You do not want to get over leveraged. So the preparation and savings and understanding the market 
education, all comes back to education, right? Know what you're buying before you do. So the saving up the money, the most important part of it, gives you that time to kind of logically buy a home, which can be and should be an asset and investment and shouldn't be something that you feel a burden on. So that was really from the numbers perspective, yeah. right? What about for, uh, you know, location as far as, what are people moving to San Antonio? What are they really looking for? Is it, you guys hear that? Oh, yeah. it was the front camera. Oh, it's going to be that one. Okay, that's fine. Um, <laughs> the, but people moving to San Antonio yeah. uh, from outside, what are they really looking for as far as you know picking an area of town to look to live in? And here's the most here's the most interesting thing. We look at the numbers again. Back to numbers. I'm a numbers guy. Hmm. Uh, most people moving into San Antonio are Texans. Forty percent of the people moving into San Antonio in 2021 were Texans. So people are looking for probably another little Houston, a little Dallas, looking to be in areas that they're used to, that they're used to come from, um, or from out of town, smaller cities, maybe upgrading. But I would say the, the northern part of downtown, so downtown and north, that's where a lot of people are moving into. And I think San Antonio is unique in that, unlike a lot of other cities in Texas, and we get this networking, right? It's it's the small town feel. It's the yeah. we want to help each other out. It's not the I'm a step on your back to get ahead. Oh, yeah, no. Right. When you're out and you're networking, we're all working together. And I yeah. think San Antonio brings that vibe. So for getting to the networking piece, yeah. uh, what are some some insights that you've gained from being professional networkers, both of you, really? Yeah. Well, good, Ben. You want to start? Ooh, I I find when I meet somebody, I'm I'm actually I'm just super engaged because mm-hmm. San. I think about like the city having the the your plumber and your electrician like who's who and you don't know who's who until you start talking to people. And when so when I'm networking, I'm really trying to get to know the human behind the suit or the the brand. Once I find out that human in in really networking can happen anywhere. I mean, it, it happened right outside this podcast yeah. room. Yeah. And we're just really connecting with each other. But uh, getting to know them and their kids and their families, uh, their business problems. And then at that point, you're like, all right, I know the guy. I know what he's working on. So for me, number one is just really to get to know the person behind the brand. That's sure. pretty strong for me. Yeah. yeah. I would say my biggest thing is is I try to give as much as I can. And it means it means a lot to me when – a coffee meeting typically is an hour, right? When you're at that face-to-face, like we are right now, it's an hour. Mm-hmm. But it takes 30 minutes to get there, 30 minutes back home, interrupt your day. So it could be their day is now ruined because of meeting me. Like they had to stop their work <laughs> to meet me. So I want to be sure I dedicate as much time as I can and how can I give. And I ask a lot of questions about genuinely like, how's your year going? What are you? How are you trying to grow your business? Most people when they network, they want referrals, right? That's why we network. So my wife and I, our business this year so far is 100% referrals, helping our neighbors, the networking directly, getting referrals from the networkers that we've met. Um, so I'm very honed in on how to get referrals. So if someone says, I'm looking to meet more people and grow my business that way, I'm like, here's what I've done. Here's maybe you can use. I just give, give, give as much as I can. I think that's a huge key to networking. It's not right. only to be networking for yourself it's to be trying to add value and solve yeah. problems even if it doesn't technically serve you immediately yeah have you experienced that too mark yeah givers gain right that's yeah. a really like it's a oh, cliche yeah. but it's absolutely true yeah. you know when you lead lead that way that's this podcast is a 
it's sure. a demonstration of that. It's a, hey, come and have a conversation. My team will get it out all over social media. Yeah. It doesn't cost you anything except for a little bit of your time. Yeah, and I mean, I saw you at Black Rifle multiple times, and then I saw the posts and stuff. I'm like, okay, this guy, I've sat next to him for like seven times now. Who is this guy? <laughs> and I saw the podcast, and you know, you just you give, 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 and your, your name, your face, you get out there. And I think these days people's default when they're like, I'm going to go grow my business is Google SEOs. Mm -hmm. Let me buy Facebook ads. Let me figure out a way to get in front of the computer user. And the thing with those leads is they are cold as ice yeah. and oh, yeah. very, very difficult to convert. You have to talk. I, I built my I started out in real estate and I built my business on cold calling <laughs> Internet leads. OK, That's I impressive. had to talk to like 100 people to get one meeting oh, yeah. yeah and those were not good phone calls oh <laughs> oh i got cussed out so yeah. many times yeah. and i just was on to the next but it was way harder and now when i came into my coaching business i was like i am doing it different i want to build it based on relationships yeah. and it's oh my goodness it's a slower start yep but it's so much more satisfying and it's something that i can feel good about because i'm generally helping people so yeah right that's so cool networking is big Huge. It's so important, and, and yet it's easy to avoid. Yeah. People want to stay home, watch Netflix, or pretend like they're busy on their computers yep. when they should be out meeting people Yeah. and being creative on how they do that. So do you guys go to like networking mixers? I know, Baron, you do um, go to mixers at, at least. Well, how many times a month are you going? I commit to at least... There's a few organizations I'm members membership of. Havana Boys will be one. Sure. Um, but then I get invited by clients to attend their networking mixer. You know, so um, I'm part of different chambers, so I go to their galas. Really being out of the office, being out and just hitting, you know, it, for me, it kind of sounds like work, but it's really not. I, I really enjoy meeting people. So that's part of I me. Mean, I don't know. I, I grew into that just doing it over and over and over. And then it gets a lot easier as you go out, but um, it's really just making, creating those relationships with your clients. Mm -hmm. You'll get invited places or yeah. even prospects. There's even been a couple of times where I went to one networking event. I made a friend there. I got to know him. And then we went straight to another networking event together. Like we were buddies, yeah. you know? So it, and that's happened dozens of times, but it's just the reality of, Hey, you're into that. Oh yeah, you, I'm going to this next. Want to join me? Yep. And yep. no That's strangers in the room. Yeah, and like you said, it is the, the the typical traditional networking to grow a business is a very slow growth. It's meaningful growth, though, right? But mm -hmm. it's very slow. However, what you just said is the Havana Boys. So it's social first. It's cigar. It's a cigar and whiskey club that you just happen to do business over. Yep. So that social aspect, the having fun, the bonding over a passion accelerates, I think, that connection faster. See, I was talking to you about this earlier. I feel like when we you first start networking, you go to all the networking stuff, right? Mm -hmm. You go to the, the mixers, the chambers, the here. But what I've started to see, especially with people that have started networking at the same time as me, is they're seeing a lot more traction in the non-networking clubs, the mm -hmm. ones where it's a car club or it's a nonprofit that they got involved in. Yep. And it's because you're bonding over that other thing. Yeah. You've got that deeper connection and then you get to know them and then you want to help them more. I've got a, a friend whose right. whole business is just built out based on his hobby club because those guys are just five steps ahead of him in business and they're like, let me help you out. Cause I used to be you. And I love that, yeah. you know, the mentorship of it, not just the, I'm going to network with you to hopefully here's my business get some card. business. Yeah. Here's my business card. We yeah, all have a box. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. 
All right. All right, Adam, we're about out of time. If folks want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Yeah, they can go uh, Google NAC Realty, NAK Realty Group. Uh, they can go to our website, NAKKW, so NAKKW.com. Uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, we're all over the place. All right, great. All right, well, as we wrap up the show, a quick reminder to check out our latest podcast and on our website at kukus.com or satalkradio.com. Um, and be sure to follow us on social media and download those podcasts. Any parting words? Get out there. Be uncomfortable. <laughs> go network. Yeah. Go meet people. Yeah. Build your business. Look what can happen. You can be on a podcast. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, thanks, guys. We appreciate yeah. you coming in. Thank, thank you so thank much. You. Yeah, thanks a lot.